Good morning. Today is Wednesday, February 8, 2023. With me today, I have one third of the owners of Luxury Bazaar. Um, this is a man that's probably been the most outspoken, loudest, most often seen on the Gray Market episodes. Mr. Alex Roy's, how are you? Happy to be here. <laughs> Happy to have you here. You're listening to the Gray Market Podcast, your daily source of watch and horology news, brought to you by the experts at Luxury Bazaar. Thank you. Uh, Alex, you're a third of the company. You're very quiet. We don't usually see what's going on with you on the show. We don't see, you know, all the workings that are going on behind the scenes with you. Tell me, you know, let's let's start from the beginning. I want to know who you are and how you ended up here, you know, at this table. I immigrated to, to this country in 19, September of 1977. Should I start like from, start from there, the very yeah. beginning? Let's go. I mean, I was born... <laughs> a, poor, a, poor, a poor child. Uh, so, you know, I was a couple months shy of my 18th birthday, and I had one more year to go of high school. And I came here in September, so I went to George Washington High School, and they wanted to put me in 10th grade for two reasons. Uh, well, I said no for two reasons. Number one, I have to be in high school for three more years, and then all the 15-year-olds will be making fun of me because I couldn't speak a word of English. You know? Been there, done that. So that was it. You know, I had some odd jobs here and there. Tell me about some of the, the jobs that you did before you ended up you know, here at Luxury Bazaar. No. Start with shoveling snow and working as a dishwasher. At Why not? Also, that went on for a few months. And then uh, in uh, January of 78, somebody that I met in, uh, you know, in our apartment complex, and his father was like a master watchmaker in the uh, former Soviet Union. So mm-hmm. he was able to get a job right away here. He was working for the watch company, uh, Jules Jorgensen. And uh, his son, he got him, uh, he got his son a job, and there was like a little uh, jewelry shop in that watch company because some of the watches came with diamond bezels. Mm-hmm. So there was like a, a small, you know, jewelry shop that was setting diamonds into watch bezels. And my friend got the job there, and then a couple of months later, he brought me in. And this was in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was eighth and Chestnut. Eighth and Chestnut. Yeah. So. I worked there for four and a half years, and uh, what did you do there? Did you actually set diamonds? Yes, yes. Believe it or not, wow. my wife is not supposed to know that I <laughs> can do things with my hands. That's yeah. That's only if I'm getting paid. Then. Otherwise, you know, my brain shuts down. <laughs> yeah, I, they taught me. They paid me minimum wage. They taught me, and then I ended up working there for four and a half years. And after that, a, a friend that actually got me a job there and me, we opened up like a little jewelry, gold-buying place on uh, 7th and Chestnut. I'm, no, I'm sorry. My place of work was 7th and Chestnut. We opened up a little place on 8th and Chestnut. You know, worked there for, you know, a couple of years, and then uh, I decided that I want to change fields, and I went into a furniture business. Wow. With my other friend, you were, we were importing uh, importing containers of you know European furniture, mainly from Italy, some Germany, and we opened up a uh, like a retail store in mm-hmm. the Northeast Philadelphia. As a matter of fact, it was across the street from George Washington High School, and uh, you know we were doing some wholesale. We were selling it to other furniture stores, and you know I was 
pretty good, pretty successful. Then we ended up buying our, compet- our main competition in Philadelphia. Then uh, we went into like a big, big showroom. So give or take, I was there for like about five years. And how old were you at the time? How old? Mm-hmm. Like I, I went into the business, I was 24. When I got out of the furniture, I think it was like 28, 29. So you were 24 years old. You started importing furniture, <laughs> yes. having no experience in it. No. Just, I guess the seed money came from the jewelry business. Yes. Yes. And just decided, hey, let's try it. We decided to go into a furniture business. and so our main competition in Philadelphia at the time. We just, at night we went by their store where they were throwing trash out and we got some, you know, names of the companies, the furniture companies, and we wrote them a letter. They invited us to the show and that was that. Wow. <laughs> and this was obviously before the internet, before Alibaba, where you yeah. could just go and search for a manufacturer. At, at that time, I, I couldn't even, I didn't know how to text. I don't, did I have a, a phone at that time or no? Probably not. Probably not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When you were 24 years old, yeah, I'm, I don't think... So, know. I was in the furniture business for like maybe four and a half, five years, and then it was good, everything was good. It's just like, again, I wanted I wanted a change. Was it just an itch, or like, was there something going on that you saw more money being made somewhere no, else? No, not necessarily, just like a change, like a change of scenery. So, uh, Gary, my, you know, main partner, mm-hmm. at the time, he had a place in Atlantic City, so he sold it. What, what was it? Uh, also, like a like a pawn shop, mm-hmm. you know, it had to do with jewelry, mm-hmm. strictly. So he sold it about the time that I uh, sold my share in the furniture business. And well, we knew each other, f- you know, from the community for many mm-hmm. years. He was at my wedding, you know. So I mean, we've known each other for years. And then we decided to go into a jewelry business. Back to ju- well, he never left, but we went to together. Our main thing was just to do wholesale. We did end up buying uh, at the flea market, Route 1 flea market. It's no longer there, mm-hmm. but we had like a f- uh, jewelry shop there for a couple of years. But our main goal was building a wholesale business. So Why? Because we, we get, uh, the retail, we're, none of us, we're not like set up for, ju- for retail. Mm-hmm. You have to have a certain personality to, to do retail. I didn't have the patience, I, neither did he. So. Okay. And we just like we'll just like the wholesale uh, aspect aspect of the business, you know, just we're selling to stores, buying in bulk, selling in pieces, you know. And we rented a little office again on Eighth and Chestnut on Jewelry Road, and then we stayed there for a few years. Then we moved into a bigger office, this and that. And I think it was like 10, 11 years ago, maybe like twelve years ago, we met up with the with the boys and. Gary actually met Roman. They were playing poker together at the same at the same house. Mm-hmm. You know, they, he was doing things on the internet at the time, which we had absolutely no idea what the hell he was doing. But he kept telling us that you know it's working. I'm putting things online on uh, on the internet and it sells. So we started giving him merchandise on consignment. And uh, like every month, we did a recap, and you know he was doing pretty good then. Uh, they were offered uh, a watch deal, like a big watch deal. They couldn't handle it themselves, so they invited us. So we partnered that deal, which was like a very good, very successful uh, deal. So it went on for quite some time. And then one day Roman says, I mean, we're doing so many things together. We might as well become partners. 
to which we said, okay, let's do that. And uh, we left Center City, they left their office, and we ended up in this building, and the rest is history. How long did you have the office on Jewelers Row? Oh, my God. Okay, I'll tell you. We became partners. My middle daughter was three weeks old. She just turned uh, 34. So we were there for like 23, 23, 24 years before we ended up here. Now, how did you, I mean, going into wholesale, like imagine it, you know, again, I would just imagine today, if I said, I want to go into wholesale jewelry, how do you even it's, get into that? How it, do you? Today, it would be an impossibility. Just different times and uh, absolutely, I mean, there's so much difference. Like back then, you hardly had to give credit because people knew they bought something, they had to pay for it right mm-hmm. away. And same thing with us. Whenever we went to buy things to resell, we had to pay for it right away. Right now, it's just the business changed a lot as well. So just too many variables. But uh, I don't think even with our experience today, we would be able we would be able to start from scratch. Now, how did you like? What was I guess the driving factor? Like, how did you decide? Here's a package. It's a hundred thousand dollars. Let's buy it. I mean, how, like, what was the decision process Listen, like? Listen, you go to college, you pay for an education. Mm-hmm. Here, if you make a mistake, that's how you learn. That's the only way to learn. You can read all the books there are. As, un, 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 unless you start risking your own money, buying things, taking a chance here, taking a chance there, it's not going to work out other, otherwise. And how did you end up selling I mean, we had some minuses. You know, we did some bad deals. I mean, that was uh, the, lesson. the only pe- the only ones that don't make any mistakes are the ones that are not doing anything. Yeah. Oh, how did you end up? Like, how did you find customers? How did you go out and find these stores? Uh, or? Well, we knew uh, we knew a lot of people, you know, being in the business, and then we advertised that you know we do wholesale, mm-hmm. and uh, people, you know, it was word of mouth. People would start come to us. You know, some people we knew, some people we didn't know. They brought them in, or they heard about us. We always had like great, great reputation. Then nobody can say that you know we always did it fair and square. Of course, we made money, but we were always fair. We always tried to leave, like they say, meat on the bones. You know, we would not try, you know, to to get every every penny, less penny. We always left room for some for the next guy to make to make a profit. That makes sense. I mean that that is the way to do it. Right, well. And you said that today it would be really hard to replicate that. It would that. be extremely hard because it's just so much different. The gold is way up from what it was before. These mom and pop stores are no longer existing to the, like, like they were back mm-hmm. then. I mean, a lot of business is done on the internet, so you have to establish yourself there. I mean, it would be... Okay, maybe not impossible, but would be extremely, extremely difficult. And it would, I don't even know if it would be something I would want to get into. Like, yeah. if I had to start from scratch today. Is there anything that you would change if you go back in time? You know, would you change something, for example, stay in furniture or... No, you know? no, no. I'm happy with every move that I've made, you know. Everything that's done is done for the best, you know. So, of course. No, I, I have no complaints. What's the most memorable thing that you can, you know, remember about that time being in the wholesale, you know, being in an office with Gary and, and you know, having that hustle? Or should I t- tell you, like, a good story or a bad story? Tell me both. Well, the bad story was <laughs> we bought one time, one time we bought 20,000 Parker pens. 
It's a big, big, huge uh, deal. After we bought him, we realized that people don't write anymore. They email. <laughs> <laughs> but we had like an 18-wheeler pulled up like a little two-lane street in Center City, Philadelphia. And our office was like on the second and the third floor. So the third floor was like a warehouse, but of course no elevator. So we had to unload all those boxes wow. in. The cops were screaming at the truck driver to move. So we had to take care of that. And in the meantime, on that same day, we received a big $100,000 package from one of our suppliers in uh, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And we were not like, we had no time to, to look at it, so we just decided to ship it back. We shipped it back, but in the haste, we forgot to insure it. And of course, it got lost. Wow. So the Parker Pence deal was one of the worst deals we ever made in our lives from the loading and unloading point of view and the financial point of, of view. Course. And then on top of that, we lost a $100,000 package in that day. <laughs> How many of those pens do you still have left? Uh, none. none. Thank God. No, no, no. Thank God. No. Very nice. It's a very bad memory. What's a good memory? Uh, well, good memory. There was many, many more good memories. Like uh, we would buy uh, deals like sight on scene. We had like one of our suppliers says, I have uh, this lot. It costs us so much. This is what I want. I think it's for you. I think you should buy it. And we would buy it. And every time we bought it, it was re either a good deal or a great deal. So it was never it was never bad. So it's just hard to tell. But there was a lot of a lot of good days, a lot of good memories, many more than bad memories. How did the But the bad ones usually stick out in your mind. Oh worst. yeah. One hundred percent. That was unforgettable. Right. How did the partnering with Roman change your life if it did in any way? Uh, well it changed tremendously, you know. We First of all, now we can turn the computer on and turn it off. So we yeah, can, that's a plus. Gary and I, we can do many things on a computer that before we didn't even know those things existed. But just the whole concept of the business, it's, it's not something that we did or it's not something we would have done without, without the young people that are driving, are driving force. You know, they go with the times. Some, we sometimes don't, you know, we buy, we sell, you know, we get caught in those things. But thank God we have our younger generation that, you know, that picking us up and taking us to the finish line. Yeah. Now, if you didn't have this partnership, if you guys never merged, do you think you'd still be doing what you were doing? Probably. But again, a business would have changed not in the best way from us being in Center City. Because the business that we've done for 20-some years uh, was almost came to non-existence. Meaning, like I mentioned before, those little stores, those mom mm -hmm. and pop stores, they were right now, they're pretty much obsolete. It's between the internet and the big stores and the chains and the malls. I mean, the, you can find the jewelry store here and there, but not, not nearly as much as it was before. And those were our main, main clientele, you know. You think you would have kind of disappeared along with them? Well, it's hard to tell. I hope not. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, so. thankfully, you know, you right made the now, right, I can, right decision. Right now, I can say, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I guess we got lucky in a sense. And so you have three daughters, obviously. Yes. That, you know, I, I'm aware of. Yes. Um, any, you know, me, me too. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever considered, you know, grooming any of them to, to take your place? I mean, this is something you build over decades. No, they never, they never really showed any interest. I mean, they're extremely professional, all three of them successful. And uh, 
No, it was never like it was never part of the discussion. It was never like in my mind. I never brought this up at the dinner table. It's just like you know, they did their thing, and I'm happy with they with what they did. And that's you know, it. like with these types of businesses, typical, you know, like if there isn't somebody to pass it down to, it just dies. Yes, I know. know, I know. If you had a son, do you think you would have groomed him? Uh, probably. Well, like Gary uh, groomed his son. He's yeah. a huge part of our business. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I guess makes sense we would never know since i'm too old to have any more kids but <laughs> never say never um now going forward i'm you know you strike me obviously as a person that you know never is going to retire that even if when you even if you actually are retired you're not done working you're not done thinking you're not done yeah, planning i don't have yeah. many hobbies so i guess correct i should be i should come here so i'm assuming you're going to be coming to the office every day until the day that you can't make it in yes for what as long as they'll have me. <laughs> okay, so, sounds good. Yeah, I think that that actually makes sense. And on a daily basis, what are you mostly you know busy doing? Like, what are you actually handling? You know, I guess. Well, um, you know, in, in our like a jewelry side of the side of the business, you know, I'm trying. I'm handling uh, a lot of finances. I'm I'm handling like you know, posting things on the chat and you know just doing doing different things. You know, are you guys still buying a lot in bulk? Uh, not as much as we used to because, uh, again, the business has changed so much that those lots, those bulks mm -hmm. are not available the way they were available before. Right now, we'll, like our main, our main uh, niche today is like branded jewelry. We try to promote that as much as possible. You know, brand new as well as second hand. I mean, we do have other things, of course, that we that we offer and provide people with. But we're like our main our main thing today is like branded branded jewelry. Yeah, that makes sense because there's less competition. There is less yeah. competition, and again, there there is a clientele for that. Yeah. There is no clientele for those little pieces in bulk that we used to buy before. Amazon has really changed the game. Of with course, that as well. not yeah. well. Amazon being one of them. Yeah. I mean, of course, a huge part. But besides Amazon, there's like huge, huge changes. Okay, um, what do you think? You know about how Luxury Bazaar has changed its strategy, going from wholesale to retail, and like really trying to build a business where mm. you know we reach the end user instead no, of another dealer. No, because the retail business is the main goal. You know, you would rather sell retail and get paid than sell wholesale and give terms. You know, I guess, I guess you need both. It could be a healthy, healthy mix. But retail, of course, is the main, the main, the main thing. And uh, what you guys do with this uh, gray market and, uh, okay, you mostly promote watches, but it's okay. It's all good. Fine. Maybe we'll, in, in time, we're going to address jewelry a little bit more also. But with what you do, I mean, it's just... People know us, you know, people stop us on the street, which is like strange, strange to me, yeah. but it seems to be working. And I think business is moving in the right direction. Have you ever considered actually, you know, dealing with the watches, not just the jewelry? Yeah, but it's, it's completely, completely different. I mean, it's just different, completely different business uh, on its own. I mean... We're okay with the way things are, you know, we handle this side of the business, they handle that side of the business, and it seems to be working. What would you recommend to somebody young that's maybe trying to get into the jewelry business or currently in the jewelry, maybe they're in retail and they want to somehow establish their own presence and, and grow something? Is there any, 
any recommendations that you can make that would help them? Basically, like same thing you guys do with watches, you know, just be out there, you know, keep talking about it, keep showing different products, trying to explain people what this is and what that is, and hopefully, you know, it works. Not that it works. Hopefully, you know, you'll, you'll see some movement. I mean, gain some traction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, I mean, the name of the game right now is just, you know, as many people to know you. The, you know. Social media, the yeah. internet. I mean, I don't need to tell you guys. Yeah, that's, there's a lot. This is, it's a driving, it's a driving yeah. force, like, from A to Z, pretty now, much. Do you know anybody that you did, did business with that's still, you know, maybe still in the same business? Oh, yeah. few few people, I don't want to mention names, of course, but yes, they... Uh, in my opinion, they they did not reinvent themselves, you know, with the times. Which I mean, means? they still do what they do. They're extremely good and honorable people, but it's just like you know, they are not with the times. Yeah, I think. So it's 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 a probability that their business might, you know, at some point just kind of be. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it's down. It's not yeah. what it was before, but you know, I don't, God forbid, I don't wish them bad. But no, it's absolutely just like not. the few a few businesses they still do business the way we did business 25, 30 years ago. Yeah. Now, if you were a young man today, if you were you know 25 years old, let's say you just came to this country, what would you do? I mean, I wasn't planning to become a, a diamond setter and end up in the jewelry business. It just so happened, you know, he offered he offered it to me. They were looking for somebody else to teach the trade, and uh, I kind of liked it, and that was it. So just a very difficult question to answer. Never had, like, a passion, like, I, I want wish, to be a doctor. Or... I wish I was 25. That's all I can say. No. <laughs> Can't buy that. But I'm just, you know, because like a lot of people, you know, and again, you know, I remember in school, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a fireman. Like, you know, myself personally, I never had, I just knew I wanted to do it myself. Whatever it is, right. myself. No, but How I about was, yourself? Uh, same thing. Yeah, same thing. I never envisioned working for anybody. Well, and at the beginning, of course, but that was not my ultimate goal. And uh, so it worked out, you know, it turns out I don't have a high school diploma. So people tell me, oh, you do well. I said, it's not that I'm smarter, smarter than, I just got lucky. I consider myself lucky. I don't recommend this to anybody. I mean, if you, if you want to study, I mean, again, of course, college is not for everybody. But, you know, if you like it, if you want to study, then you should, by all means. You should not walk around, tell everybody that you don't have a high school diploma. Absolutely not. You know, sometimes it's worth it, sometimes it's not. I mean, yeah. did you ever think that going into, like, you know, just getting paid minimum wage to set diamonds, that it would lead into this direction? I, of course. Of co well, I don't know if it, I thought at the time that it would lead in this direction, but I knew eventually maybe I'll open up my own business or maybe I'll open up my own jewelry shop or just, you know, take it from there. So Any regrets? No, no, zero. No, zero no, regrets. That's a, an amazing life to live. I have an amazing wife. I have a beautiful daughters, granddaughters, a grandson. Can't I, ask for I'm more. the luckiest guy in the world. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's finish up with that. Um, thank you very much for taking the time to sit down mm -hmm. and answer a couple of questions. My pleasure. Um, ladies, gentlemen, whoever is viewing or listening to this, please let us know if you like it. Make sure you comment. Make sure you like, subscribe, write a review for the podcast. We want to keep doing these every single day. And if you like them, you know, let us know so that we can continue to do this. Thank you. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.